0: Welcome, uh, Cody Brown, to the uh, the Mercenary Podcast with uh, me and Dan. I'm Matt Ooh. Monahan. Now, Cody, uh, we've known you since um, since like college days at NYU. You and Dan Explain. went to NYU together. I was coming; I would always come up from uh, from Philadelphia. Um, but now you're into virtual reality, and, and Dan's kind of dabbling in it in it as well. Actually, you're doing mm-hmm. more than dabbling. You're actually like doing production work in VR.
1: Uh, yes, I would say uh advanced dabbling Yeah, sure.
0: okay. i'm I'm the only one who's actually dabbling um so cody your your company's called I r l yes in real life and what, yes. do you, what do you guys do
2: um we make stuff and we throw v r events so what happens one of the things that
0: I noticed from like your v r events is that there's like there's these differing concepts of the person who's just sitting maybe watching a movie or some something that was shot on a camera and they're stationary and maybe they can look around mm-hmm. versus there's there's this like the idea of a live experience where people right. are actually moving around like they're you know, or they have handheld controls or something like that and you're you're focusing yep. on more of that stuff
2: so we pretty explicitly focus on what what's called room scale VR um which is different than stationary VR, as you just described. Mm -hmm. Um, It's interactive. You have hand controllers, and you have two lighthouses that are shooting lasers at you that track your movement, um, and very precisely track your movement.
0: Okay. Do, uh, the one thing I was worried about is, like, do people bump into things? Do you need, like, a spotter? Like, someone to, okay, okay, you do.
2: So, for these events, um, we, um, came up with this term that sort of like ended up fitting pretty appropriately, which is we have like VR Sherpas. So the VR Sherpa is basically there to help a first, help someone try VR for the first time. Um, they put this thing on and then the Sherpa will watch them to make sure that they don't run into the wall. Okay. Uh, or anything like that, which like for certain VR experiences, like, is, is a problem. Um, I don't know if you guys have seen the video of someone playing Brookhaven experience Experiment, but, like, there are zombies, they're coming at her, and her lizard brain kicks in and just, like, runs full sprint into the wall. <laughs> yeah.
1: I, I haven't seen that one, but I've seen stuff of... You basically need, like, a padded room, you know? You right. need, like... You need like uh, styrofoam everywhere. That
0: is, yeah, that, like right. I was thinking it just from like a practical, you know, if you don't if you don't know where you are in the room, you might just kind of bump into something. But you're you're actually talking about someone. It's so real that that someone subconsciously reacts to it in a
2: way that's like a disaster for the actual experience. Right, right. Um, the 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 HTC Vive um, will give you um, uh, like a blue grid if you approach the wall. Um, but it's the wall that you set, you know. So uh, it has that as like a, f- a fail safe, or okay. as like, a, as like a, a little thing to help you. Um, but um, yeah, like you can still do it. You can still just like walk right past it.
0: So what was the was the video that you were just talking about? Is that something you shot, or is that just like a some blooper? That's no, that on the was internet?
2: that was just like from the internet. Like, there's a lot of like VR reaction videos, and that one. Certainly captured the hearts of a lot of people.
0: Yeah, I think the latest one is somebody's mom that they, they, uh, it's like her on, on a roller coaster or something like that. And she's just freaking out.
2: Yeah, there's a lot of general freakouts that happen for sure.
1: There's different, there's different classes of, of VR right now, which is sort of is the crux of every sort of conversation I have about it. Yeah, I'm doing, there's a project that I'm doing sort of promos for that we're sort of debating whether or not we're doing. Sort of a video game VR, which is obviously true VR that Cody's talking about, where you are like you literally can walk around and you can do more stuff with controllers, or if you do, if you're just doing 360, because a lot of the stuff, like a lot of the stuff that you see of people in headsets or people on their phone or Google Cardboard is 360, and the language of that is then being progressed forward to in more of a gamer type landscape to get to what is more of like the whole like you know walking around in rooms and that kind of stuff. So that's sort of where the you know, that's where the barrier of that is right now and it's easy for people to experience VR in three sixty even on YouTube and Facebook. Um mm-hmm. but that's really like what it actually takes to create from a gaming perspective, that's clearly what's gonna transform the next five, ten years of that.
0: Yeah. Yeah do you think like are a lot of the kind of like room based experiences are they narratives or are they kind of like the fruit ninja kind of thing where you're just you're you're doing some kind of like rote mechanic a lot of times for for points and you said there were there's zombies a, right
2: there there's a very broad spectrum of of the kind of kinds of experiences that are in the Steam store right now that that people are launching um i think that the the, the some of the most fun ones and most interesting ones are not games by any traditional measure. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, like w- one of the things that I really like about VR generally right now is that you have a lot of really weird people um, who are who are just totally exploring this and um, you know n- not really caring like about like making mistakes or anything because everything is so new. Right. Okay. I,
0: the first person that comes to my mind is obviously like Robert Arnott. Um, yeah, Arnott's been – he was a
1: pioneer of this on, on the okay. audio side. Yeah, have you tried SoundSelf? No,
2: I don't – he like – it's incomplete. I like – he he's working <laughs> on this thing. I want to try it. There, There is a build that you, I have used go, on oh, my can phone. Can you send me the build? Will it work for the vibe?
0: I think so. I mean the way I was running it was I was – I would actually put it on my phone. Um, oh, wow. I, I would run – actually, I wouldn't put it on my phone. I would – I would run a screen share from my laptop, which is like a t- two-year-old MacBook Air, and yep. it would be running pretty hot. But it would run. Cool. Uh, yeah, have, team team viewer
1: into Sound Self is the premier way of watching it. That that that's exactly how it was designed. Team but is it interactive? It's interactive
0: in the interactive? sense that you go like ah, uh, and it'll kind of like reverberate that back. Oh, so, so it uses uses your mic. Okay, yeah, and that's that's the only way you interact with it. Like, so you sure. could, you're, it's, you're either laying down or you're sitting there, but you're like, if you move your head, that's not going to, there's no reaction to that. But the point yeah. of it is you're supposed to disorient you and you're supposed to try to like meditate doing it. Everyone I've showed it to has thought like, I, it's not like the most addictive game. Like they're,
1: they're not going to try to do it again, but it's like they, they have an experience. Right. Yeah. He's no, working it's... in a lab somewhere. He's coming up with something else. I, I know. He's like, uh. He'll Why doesn't like... he launch I want
2: I to see because he's, he's, he's
1: Robin kinda, Arnott. He kind of like,
0: imposter yeah. syndrome around it. He like thinks it's not it, like he thinks it's not good enough. I mean, he's done a ton of builds, and each build that he sends me is better than the last. Interesting. Um, there was one I mean, that I thought was really trippy that it was real early. Um, yeah. In the way that it's his intro, like started off because like when you it when you stopped humming and, and kind of like breathed in, usually that's the reason you're stopping is because you need to breathe. It would like mm. react. In a way that made it look like you were kind of breathing on the screen. Like, oh, weird. Like, it would kind of change its, its, uh, um, uh, the visual to make it, like, seem like it was coming at you as you were breathing. He, 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 uh, got rid of that, but I was like, that was one thing that really freaked me out when I first tried it. And I was like, this is pretty cool. I
1: remember well, that because it was like you're breathing, but then it was almost like you couldn't breathe because when you breathed, it would react differently. So it kind of encouraged you to, like, not breathe and, like, yeah. just take. Yeah. yeah,
0: and I, I tried, and I brought, I didn't bring the actual app into a, a sensory deprivation tank, like a saltwater tank, but I, I took a video of of it, and I like just to kind of like get a sense for how it was working. It was it was pretty trippy, in the in cool. the tank. So like that's my thing is I want to start bringing these VR experiences into a, a saltwater float tank where every, like you can't see anything, you can't hear anything except for you know what's yeah. Um, you just gotta figure out a way to do it without electrocuting yourself,
2: right? Uh, well, the new iPhone, you know, waterproof. Yeah, and that's. that's I mean, I, I
0: had my old old iPhone in a waterproof bag, and it, it worked. Oh. Like,
2: yeah, you really went for it. That's yeah, that's pretty good. That's. Do you 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 have like immediate access to a sim- sensory deprivation tank?
0: Yeah, <laughs> the, I used no, Matt's just the... obsessed
1: with them. So like, he he Where found I... access to it.
0: Where did I actually? Nice, I think nice. I did it. Um, I did it twice. I did it once in Philadelphia and once in San Francisco. Yeah. The uh, I, it's it's funny. what's really funny is is that people like the the people that run float tank centers are used to being thought as being weird, but it's it's even crazier when they, I walk in and they're like, "You're weirder than us." Some somehow. because
2: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. you're bringing like this weird piece of technology with you. Yeah, they're like. And I'm really
0: surprised that some of them like if I were them I would have been like no way you're bringing any kind of electronics into there. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean it's pretty it was safe cuz it's a battery powered thing like no
1: one's going to die. The worst that could happen is like Well, my I mean phone. it was an iPhone, it wasn't a Samsung, so you were not going to die. You could have died yeah. easily. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's Back hard. to your point earlier about all the weird people involved. There's a there's a story that I heard from these audio guys who because a lot of this technology has been around for a long time. It's just scaled massively recently. And it's it's two parts. That's the first part. And the second part is that all these disparate entities and, and different people and all these different ways in which people were using the technology has sort of come together very quickly. And so mm. these audio guys are you know, when we mix in, in VR, we mix ambisonically, usually four track so wherever you're looking, you can mix. Like when we did the Exorcist thing, it's like the girls in the corner, and you know we right. we mixed it so that when you're looking that direction, it's there and it's increased. Especially in the vibe. on YouTube, it's not that great.
0: Yeah, can you but, um, just kind of describe what that what that was? Because I've seen it, but people listening probably haven't seen it.
1: Oh right, so we did. Uh, I did a pr- uh, promo trailer, which I'm not sure if we posted it last time, but we should post it with this one along with some of uh, the Cody Cody stuff. Um, but I did, I produced, uh, along with my friend Dave Yarvo for the Fox TV show, The Exorcist, a 360 sort of interactive promo for them, sort of like a 360 trailer for their show based on the the movie from the seventies that they released this fall. And yeah, we shot, you know, live action video, it's 360 and we shot that, um, in September and released it ahead of the premiere, uh, uh that month. And, um, yeah, it was cool. We were able to mix it on the audio side. We were mixing it, um, in four track in this very, it's so new that we hit a snag, uh, with some of the tech in terms of injecting metadata into the file so that, you know, the player actually reads the, the tracks correctly. And we couldn't like look up how to do it because literally the program we were working on had come out in August because things are happening so quickly. But it's funny. My friend, um, a friend of the podcast, Paul Giolano, who's a rocket scientist we've talked to before, he said um, he said that one of the guys that he was at this sort of program at Princeton, where I met him uh, back in the day, I wasn't there. I mean, I wasn't going there. I was uh, crashing with with Menio um, at Princeton. But um, he said that a few guys who, who have actually filed a lot of patents for three hundred and sixty audio. We're doing so as hobby projects back in, like, 2004. So a lot of these things have been out there for a while mm. in different ways, but the tech has now allowed... Really, what I think would allow... Maybe Cody would disagree, but what allowed it to um, proliferate was, I think, GPS... Enhanced GPS in phones and enhanced gyroscopes in phones that would allow you to really... Like, that's what's sort of driven the phone... Part of it I think and and the scalability of of bringing three sixty video to the
2: masses as it were, yeah, sure, it builds off like all of the the sort of uh tech that has become so standard in smartphones circa you know like two thousand ten you know like the stuff the stuff has been in the phones for a while, it's getting better it's getting more precise um and then you're just like, oh, well, why don't we use it for this? And that's what's been happening. Um,
0: have you have you guys seen the the rigs where they'll have like foam ears with microphones in each each one? So like it replicates what it's actually like to um, to record what your ears would be hearing.
1: So
0: yeah, absolutely. Yeah, if you like on YouTube, if you find like 3D audio, you'll find. These these videos that are just just audio, but you put your headphones on and it really sounds like someone's cutting your hair. Well, a, that's I mean that's so actually I've
1: used those. We didn't use those for the Exorcist project. We used the the back end mix of that because we were sort of limited budget wise, but we were able to record and mix after the fact. We didn't really do sound on the day, so it didn't really matter. It was all post, but there's another project that's very i would say wilderness based or you're out in the middle of nowhere and i definitely want to just bring one of those out and record stuff just because
0: it's 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 one of those things where like when you when HD TVs came out and they were actually shooting in HD like we we didn't realize what we were missing like we, we were like wow they can actually be that high definition It's the same thing mm-hmm. with with these rigs it's it, you hear it and you feel like oh my god someone's behind me and they're they're like snipping my hair and I have a, right. a buzzer out and you realize like oh wow like this is so like we were we are missing this like we thought sound was good but it actually can get way better.
2: Yeah. I mean all of the the whole point of of VR what like VR really orbits around is just this idea of presence. And anything you can do to make it feel more like you are there contributes to that. Mhm. And there's an infinite number of things you can do to do that. Um, some people call this like, um, uh, they call it like 4D kinds of things. If you go just beyond you know audio and visual, because um, you can also do things with, with texture. If you're in a specific room, you can add certain things. You can do things with smells, which is what the Ghostbusters experience at time, in Times Square does. Um okay. intimate, intimate now you're talking possible.
1: Matt's language, texture and smell. No, he's, he's there in. we go. Well it reminds there...
0: me of, of um like Universal Studios. Yeah. yeah. Like the like the Terminator experience and uh, I think there was like a honey I shrink the kids experience. What do, what,
2: like is, what is the, what is what does the Terminator smell like? <laughs> oil uh, oil and metal. <laughs>
1: freedom. freedom. <laughs> well there's there's like there's two sides of, of this. There's this sort of thing where because of where the technology is and what it takes, you have rooms like Cody's room, right? Where you have almost arcades, and we were joking on Twitter about just taking over a an old blockbuster in the middle of nowhere and doing a VR arcade. So you can, you know, you need hardware and you need a system. You need to have um, your sort of projectors on the ceiling, all your motion tracking stuff. It's not crazy and actually even like 10 years ago would be completely undoable but you know we could do that pretty easily right now as a traveling show i
0: wonder what the i think about like i try to think about the economics (coughs) of that like people are willing to go see and what i think are incredibly impressive experiences especially from 20 years ago um at universal studios people pay you know a hundred bucks a ticket to get into that to there but if you had a place in a strip mall would people come in and let's you, let's say it was just one experience that was just mm-hmm. really good? Um, would people pay for that like they'd pay for a high end
1: movie? You know, are, will people? I think come you out could have things? done it around Halloween. I think maybe next year we'll do it. We should maybe maybe I'll, we should try and do that with uh, yeah with Blumhouse or something. But like we should like I think a haunted house. Like I think it has to be the entry point has to be something that is uh, uh, with the grain of something that right. already so exists. in And we that know medium. that
0: people come out for haunted houses. So if you did a VR one, it stands to reason people would come out for that.
1: Yeah, and people actually, there happened a few like that, but I think you could do a crazy one where it's a labyrinth where you pad the walls and you, um, and they're on a track or they're not on a track, and you, you have people guiding them or you have them guided between different sectors so you can't lose people. But otherwise, it's all in... It's like Westworld at that point, you know, like they're yeah. in a park.
0: <laughs> what do you think... Um... We should we should get back to Westworld actually. Do you, do you think that like the VR construct is the right one there versus like you know, augmented reality, the AR, where you just have goggles on where things are just added to the uh, experience? Yeah. I'll let Cody I, take this one.
2: <laughs> That's great. Let's just focus on VR for this one. Well, no, I <laughs> I, I, I feel I, I, like well, AR doesn't have like a anywhere near like the kind of like uh, feel like a real thing that you know that VR has right now like AR stuff I've seen like including the HoloLens is very much a prototype the HTC Vive is the most incredible piece of technology I've ever bought um, and I think that like there's so much to be done that is just deeply unexplored with just that but to, to your to your question Matt like about like you know the, the sort of economics of setting up a VR arcade or some to to some effect of a VR arcade, some iteration of one. Um, I think they're pretty bad. I mean, I think they're okay, hmm. um, but you're dealing with a lot of real physical constraints, um, and the technology you buy today is going to, you know, end up um, depreciating in value pretty quickly. Yeah. So that's, I can imagine that. that's another yeah. challenge there. However, on a community level, on a cultural level, I think it's so important. Um, to do this. The overwhelming number of people in New York like who are even consider themselves to be technologists like I know so many who have just never tried the Vive. Um, yeah, I
0: haven't tried it. I've only tried the Oculus and I think the Samsung one that that Dan has. Right. Yeah, I mean, the the Vive is, is a whole yeah. different ball game. What, what do you think? That's kind of weird. Like I mean everyone's throwing money into this. Why why was the, the Vive better? Did they just have better
2: people working on it or Vive fuck, uh, Valve, fucking invented the Vive. Um, these are some of like the most hardcore nerds like you could ever imagine, um, and they invented a ton of the tracking stuff. Um, Oculus fell behind on a, on a number of levels, hmm. but I think the similar to like how the core technology that became. That that made the smartphone famous was multi-touch. I think the core technology that makes VR famous is room scale. If that makes any sense to you guys.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: So it's it's when you say room scale, you mean the ability to have an experience like in in your living room or just in a room that's set up for?
2: It means like motion tracking. It means like tracking your whole body as okay. you move through space or wherever the sensors are. Yeah. Okay that that part's very critical and that stuff that, that's what you cannot do on a phone right now at all and it's something that, that even the Oculus struggles big time with you can technically do it on the Oculus but you need two more cameras
1: are the yeah it's just it's just a hardware it's a hardware thing where the the vibe has harnessed en- enough where it actually creates an experience that's it's just exponentially better right now. I don't know if it'll be it'll you know I do have faith somewhat in Oculus. I do think it'll be overtaken rather soon, but just the steps that they've they've taken have been much better than the rest at this point.
2: Yeah, they just leave it. And the thing is like they they shipped with default having hand controllers and room scale tracking, which just opens up Pandora's box as far as developers go. Because if you're developing for the Oculus, you have to assume that most people don't have the technology to do room scale or other kind, or even even use their hands. So, so yeah. you, have, you go back to the drawing board with UX. You know. So,
0: you, so you think that the people who are who are probably the best minds that are working on this are, would rather just work with the system that has the most options. And that's the. the it's uh, not the right. just the most,
2: it's not just the most options. It's room scale in particular. Yeah. Okay. And I think and I think you can like like think about all the people who made you know games for smartphones that had physical keyboards, um, and think about how all of them died after the multi after the iPhone came about, and how just the entire industry went to to this assuming that this mode of HCI was there for them,
1: yeah. Well, it also just sort of exponentially changed the narrative in terms of, um, you know, because we are going to set the bar here in terms of room scale, you know, even if even if these developers never thought they'd be doing that right off the, sh- you know, right from jump, it then just creates an expectation and creates a a language that other people want to emulate. And I think that's sort of what. What I didn't realize, the two things that I didn't realize would happen so quickly were, A, the Facebook and YouTube sort of democratizing 360 video so early. I didn't think that would happen. And Mm -hmm. I didn't expect the balance to be, it it should have been inevitable, but the balance of innovative VR content is coming out of the gaming world like 90-10. 95.5, ninety five five maybe like it's happened so quickly, and a lot of that is because the development has been things that benefit a gaming um, platform rather than a, a straight content platform
2: yeah there's sort of an expectation there's a whole like we have steam steam is a very good store to buy stuff um, there's a lot of people who use it already, and it just, it's just very easy to pull things pull And find VR content on that and bring it to um, your device, which is nice.
1: Well, it's funny. There's something that we can't talk about that Cody and I have been talking about a little bit that we can reference (laughs) in Hush (laughs) Um, (laughs) tones. All right. But but there's there's a number. Like I did the Exorcist thing. There's a number of other projects that want to do VR for promotional or they want to have it. Like literally every single movie, every single project I've talked about, people are – just spending billions of dollars on this. And, you know, we were talking about, should we do another 360 video for this other project? And the conversation was, don't do a 360 video. Do reaction videos in 360. Or do reaction videos of people experiencing the thing and throw that up on Facebook and YouTube. Like, don't worry about doing 360 video. Worry about creating an interactive game in the spirit of the TV show or the movie because mm-hmm. that like we've gone beyond, we've already almost not how we haven't leapfrogged shooting content in VR, but everyone's like, okay, 360 video is, is fine for now. But like <clears throat> what, what really drives viral shares and really drives like people sharing stuff are actual original off rails stuff like the room scale stuff of people walking around real interactivity and it's all going there like very quickly.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Totally. Wait, so wait, so are you saying instead of instead of showing uh like a trailer for say the Exorcist uh um video that you shot, like instead just show a mashup of people um g- reacting?
1: Well, no, well we did that too for the Exorcist, but what yeah, I'm, like, I saw, I'm
0: never seeing that.
1: Yeah, so for another um Say for another project, if we were going to go back to the drawing board again, they're like, okay, we're going to hire you guys to do this again for a new project. The options are do a version of the exorcist thing, which is like very much on rails, which is what we call an experience that's tethered, right? It's all, the only interactivity you have is you can look around yourself. Or do we create something where you're in uh, a haunted house, you're in a scary room, but you can walk over and pick up this thing. And so that is, when given those options, and the second one being more of a video game developed state, we're trying to move in that second option like already. Whereas I didn't think that would happen for a long time. And because of that, it's not that 360 video is sort of like come and gone, but when you're trying to push the envelope and go beyond that, like once you get to interactivity, just simply looking around isn't quite as fun anymore.
2: Right. Yeah, you, yeah I think the, the the ceiling you hit, we're hitting the ceiling faster than people thought. And it's still tough, though, because, I mean, what you do ultimately want is to be able to make a room-scale experience and have millions of people try it. But the, the hard part is that's that seems to me to be, like, you know, at least at least a year away you know or like three to five years away (laughs) yeah i mean like i mean well to the point where you have a sizable audience um to do it and uh, one thing though that there is an intermediate step which is the playstation vr Mm -hmm. um playstation vr um have you have you guys tried that no i have not yet no um it's a way more ergonomic like headset they 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 figured I mean they're Sony, you know, they are not fucking around. They they understand some aspects of this in a way that these other guys did not. The headset's so comfortable you can wear it forever. Um and like the resolution on on the PlayStation is like good enough, you know? Excuse me, ribbon. Um there are some crazy games that are shipping with it and it's not room scale, but you get um, uh, uh, hand controllers, and you're able to like lean forward and backwards, so you you get like a basically like a small little zone where it um it feels very different than the kind of 360 video that that you get um on cardboard or something like that. Hmm. So, I think the PSVR is is a good intermediary, uh, intermediate step, um, uh, on the way to this, and I think that. PlayStation is going to sell a fuckload of those um, this holiday season.
0: Have you? Um, have either of you heard anything from Magic Leap lately? Lately, because is that a thing? Like, <laughs> um, <laughs> why is that so funny?
2: Because it's like they've raised like four billion dollars. Yeah, like um,
0: actually four four billion dollars,
2: something something like that, or well, that's their valuation or something. Um, yeah. Actually, let, let's find out what they actually have raised. I'm curious. What do they do? Uh, I, th- I think it was people from, right, from so Disney. They, they, they've raised almost a billion, and their valuation is 4.5 billion. And I, I thought it was like an augmented reality thing. Like they're uh, yes, that's like they're very secretive about the technology, despite all the hype, um, and they which always works. So it's working for a wired in the entire tech press. But I hear they put something directly on your retina. Wow. Um And it works. I know one person who has tried it. And he vouches for it. He says it's crazy. He said um, it's, like,
1: it's like full Black Mirror.
2: Black, Black Mirror. Mirror. Oh, God. Yeah. Did you guys watch that episode? I saw I saw the
1: premiere. I'm guessing Matt has not. I've, I've seen... Uh, the entire history
0: of you and the one with the the roaches? Is that the one you're talking about?
1: No, the premiere of the season three, basically where everyone just, like, Instagram, like, likes each other. It's like if everyone... Yeah, in the I world. I saw that one. That's, okay. a,
2: that's, a, that's a different one. No, yeah. there's, there's a VR episode. Yeah. It's insane. I mean... This one is, this one's wild. Like, it freaked me out. I can only handle one Black Mirror episode at night. It's like, <laughs> too fucking freaked out.
0: The one, Turn. the White Christmas one with, with John Hamm... I remember sitting in my bed after watching it and being like am I am I stuck in a in a in some kind of like mental prison right now like am I going to be here forever? Like am I ever yeah, going to that- die? Like I was actually like am I ever going to die?
2: <laughs> Black Mirror is named appropriately. I love its name also.
1: Yeah, it's, it's almost like less fun now. I mean, I like it a lot. It's almost a little bit less fun because Things it's too, real. it's too real. I think since since it came out, like it's things have moved more in that direction, and it's a little it's a little too real. I think
2: this this season, Dan is the best season though. They're like they sort of understood how important the show became, and like they are going in hard on certain things. Cool. I would wa- I would watch that shit tonight. I, I will see.
1: I will finish I will finish all of it.
2: Yeah. Um, <laughs> Can't I don't think you can. I think it's <laughs> all the binging that like I normally do with TV. I can't do it with this. Like it's just like too many nightmares.
1: <laughs> well, I was going to go back to your the whole thing about AR and VR a little bit with you, you know with VR you 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 don't you cut out the peripheral vision. You really have the way of encasing somebody in something where there's true immersion, especially with with audio. You know, there's different things to it. You know, in AR. You know, you'll have stuff where everyone will have tons of projectors in their house. Like they have Sonos right now. You know, I'm sure it'll be a pretty high end item that will eventually become very standard, but you'll have projectors everywhere.
0: I'm a little more skeptical in that in people, we might be moving so fast that there might be just leapfrogging of technology. Like, I mean, the extreme example, I think, is that something gets plugged directly into your brain and you're having the experience internally where it's not even about
2: room scale it's about like mind scale um, well that's really, that's like the matrix fantasy like yeah. there's certainly a lot of fantasies that are about that I mean but like magically is, is one that like you know is sort of the the has that x factor right now but it's something that they're still projecting it on your retina um, is it that
0: they is, is it like the projection is on well no, not really yeah is it, is it
1: like a contact lens or what is it
2: again like you know you only have what you're getting from Wired, and it looks like it's glasses, but it looks like it's connected to something crazy.
1: Um, it's it's glasses, but just well, HDMI cabled do, into your spine. Do you know anyone
0: that follows the different like EEG headsets that are out there? Like the ones I I kind of follow like the Emotive Epoch, the
2: the ones that like uh, give you like a minor lobotomy.
0: <laughs> yeah, uh, no. No, but, like, the, there's there's these ones where they it's pick up on several right? bands of, of like, EEG um, waves, like alpha waves that your brain's producing.
2: But are they, like, sending electricity into your brain?
0: Uh, the ones I'm talking about are not sending anything in. They're just, oh, just monitoring okay. what's coming out. Well, sending things in, thats that's another animal that, altogether.
2: <laughs> yeah. I forget the acronym for what those are, but those are a thing, too.
0: But like, there's a TED talk where the woman who founded the company was showing that if you you can train it, and so she'll be like, imagine a block in space, and then imagine it like moving right, and the thing just records that when your brain makes that, you know, combination of of signals, you're thinking about moving it right. So the next time you do it, there's an interface that'll actually move something right or left or up or down. So, so you could have like
2: telepathy. Like yeah. use your brain use your thoughts as an interface to control the outside world.
0: Sure. So that's the other like you could put a headset on, but then and have this thing reading your thoughts and you could at the very least primitively like move left and right forward and back. Right. Yeah, that's pretty well.
2: And then I mean a lot a lot of like these crazy sci fi concepts are coming into fruition in our lifetime, like right now. <laughs>
1: Yeah, so like, no doubt over the next 10 years, yeah.
0: I mean, is not I mean, like, the, the there's like this idea that there's like a telescoping uh, lens of of innovation so that like not only are things happening now, but they're happening at a faster rate to the point where you can't even see it coming. You can you're like you're just in the middle of it and it's hard to even understand what's out there. Cuz we're having this conversation like, yeah, we we have exper like first-hand experience with these new technologies. Lots of people or not like they don't even know it exists at all, and then there's probably people who are in bunkers somewhere working on secret stuff. That's like you know, further out than what we were, were even talking about, and I think right. it's just happening faster and faster.
2: Yeah, no, I matched with some girl on Tinder, and it says in my bio like uh, that I'm working on VR, and she's like, "So what's VR?" I'm like, "What do you think it is?" And she's like, "Voice recording." <laughs> Like, Swipe? What is right now? No, <laughs> we're doing some VR right now. In that sense, um, <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly.
1: Uh, I think but I, no. It, it,
2: what are you gonna
1: say? I was just, it kind of comes down to the like, the transformative technology of like what is that? What is that next big idea? And there's a lot of like I've talked to a lot of people in 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 different circles and in different like there are certain people got back from this agency retreat and then got back from this. And there's like just people talking at different levels of saying that not that innovation is innovation is dead long live innovation, but it's almost like in many, in many circles people think that because um, it not that Uber was like the last great sort of innovator in terms of stuff that's like terrestrial in the sense that like everyone, everyone is trying to create the Uber of everything. Right. So what is going to be you know and that's pretty easy to ascertain right whether it's airbnb or whatever whatever disruption happens in that sense of things that we understand that are you know vehicles or shopping or whatever right so i think it really takes a new idea that harnesses it can't just be the vr version of something else because that's like pretty easy to to come by i think it's going to be something that's completely different that's going to change how people oh, yeah. live right that's and
0: my my whole thing and the thing that I've I've sort of been writing about a little bit is just that we have like everything we're focusing on right now is based on your conscious experience and I think that there's and, and by that I mean like your executive function to say I want to move left right I want to I want to do this I want to talk to somebody but then there's all this stuff going on in your brain that's subconscious that m- might not be anything like what you consider yourself and that we're going to be able to access that soon. And we don't know how what's we, going to come out that? of
2: there. Well, what do you mean? How would we access our well, – how would we com- become more aware of our subconscious?
0: So, uh, I mean, when I think about the EEG monitor, it's uh, monitoring these different brain waves, And not all of them are, are tied to your executive functions. Like there's other stuff going on in your brain that you're not really aware of. And when you think of it, like you, you actually interface with this yourself – but it's more like when you have an idea that just seems to just come out of nowhere. You have this like eureka moment or um, you just kind of, you, let's say you're trying to remember somebody's name and you do nothing, nothing, you can't remember and then all of a sudden you remember what just happened in that time. Something right. was going on behind the scenes that and someone, you know, metaphorically gave you a piece of paper with the person's name on it. Like something's going on back there. Um, sure. And, if you, and then when you dream, sometimes you have dreams that are just really scary or really odd or you dream something that you dream of a person that you've never seen, you dream of a place you've never been. There's a tremendous amount of like computation going on that you're not you don't even have real conscious access to. And once somebody figures out a way to get that, what what's it's like actually like Elon Musk talks about AI summoning a demon, well I think you're actually summoning demons within people's own consciousness. And you could get really scary things out of that because you don't actually know what's going to come out.
1: Wait, let's let's back up a little bit. What has he said? <laughs> <laughs> he this said, is why I need. To, I,
0: this is why the only way I can get this out, I need to write fiction to actually figure yeah, this yeah, out. Yeah, good. Yeah, so, that's good. All right, and I have an even crazier thing that's gonna fuck with your head in a, in a second. To, Great, to back this up. Okay. Um, hit it.
2: So, so keep, 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 a lot keep of, the pedal up to the floor. Yeah.
0: So, ne- most neuroscientists, we don't really have a firm understanding of most of how the body works. I mean, we have a good enough understanding for a lot of things, but we really, really don't have a good understanding of how the brain works. It's, it's just, yep. it's not easy to just kind of like take apart and like you, you take apart a brain. It, you, we kind of try to figure out certain things do, you know, control certain things. We know the frontal lobe controls your executive functions. The thing that you actually think is you kind of feels like it's right behind your eyes. And that's because that's where all that stuff is actually happening. That's at least what they think. But a lot, there's a lot of theories out there that you're, and you see it with people who have like multiple personality disorders is that your brain isn't really just one thing. It's really kind of like a, a Congress of people that are, are jockeying for position in your mind. And that's what actually controls the things you care about, the people you love and eventually the things you actually do in your daily life. Now imagine that you actually had, instead of it being filtered by what you believe is yourself and the, you know, the person that is actually speaking right now out of my my voice. Imagine that you actually had access to that crazy chaos that is jo- all these different entities, like metaphorically, so ca- like, in your so mind. Like,
2: so, like, if my brain was a you know, a, like I had a Congress of people, and it was like the raw Twitter stream that came from that.
0: Yep. <laughs> and and there might be people that are just that that make no sense. They, that like they never <laughs> they never actually get a, a say. Except in, in these weird times when either maybe let's say you're high or you're drunk or something like that.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, that I, 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 that, that goes, that goes very, very deep. Uh, it's very foundational, like, um, <laughs> in terms of philosophy <laughs> and things, um,
0: all right, so here's I, here's the, the last the last piece of yeah. this. That, so <laughs> us, I was yeah. it was it was Halloween uh, a few days ago, and I was just looking up True. scary things on the internet. So there was, there is was a man. His name is Edward Mordrake Mordake Edward Mordake. This okay. man was boy. <laughs> he was born with a a face on the back of his head, like he has a regular face, looks like a regular guy, and but also had an, a secondary face on the back of his head. So in the same way, you'd have like a conjoined twin. Um, or... Yeah, the old the old face in the back of your head. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I think wasn't this a Harry Potter character as well? Sure. Um, yeah. So and the... this guy he he committed suicide when he was twenty three, and the okay. reason he committed and he
1: committed murder at the same time, <laughs>
0: right? So the the reason he committed suicide, um, is be- because, and I'm reading this from from actually Wikipedia. Mordrick repeatedly begged doctors to have his quote-unquote demon face removed, mm-hmm. claiming that it whispered things that one would only speak about in hell at night, but no doctor oh. would attempt it. Now, I let's let's for a second believe this. Let's say this person didn't exist
2: and this is just fiction. It seems like a, yes, it's like a Halloween story right now.
0: Sure. And let's say it is. Like, I haven't gone yeah. deeply into actually validating any of this. They have, you know, they, these pictures that are kind of scary. But, our, but, our research department is not the strongest. But my my point is, if that if that were even like a little bit true, what what is that?
1: <laughs> um, I would say that parts of his hypothalamus and his reptile brain were malfunctioning due to some sort of uh, overlapping neurons with his other face, which allowed <laughs> different inhibitions to come out. That's was, exactly
0: right. Uh, yeah. No, but like. But so I guess my point is... is this that proves if you
1: say things very confidently and very directly. Keep...
0: <laughs> my, my point is is just that people have a very strong um, opinion or, like, feeling of what they believe is what makes them themselves, where mm-hmm. there are tons of examples of times where it, it's just shown to be not really true.
2: Right. Well, so, like, the... The, the funny thing is that like v r has a way of raising these questions mm. in in a way that feels a little new um because like there's this whole kind of argument that you can make that um you know getting older isn't about like you developing as a as a person it's about you filtering more things and becoming more comfortable with that um take babies <laughs> for instance. Like, babies, it takes them a while to understand this notion of object permanence.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Like, that's, like, a hard new thing for them, you know? Um, so, like, um, peekaboo is a hell of a game for <laughs> for babies. Yeah. Because they're still sort of, you know, connecting the dots in that sense. Um, so it's sort of like... When you think about, um, uh, I don't know how to put this, sort of like, uh, my favorite parts of of VR are the things that make you feel like a kid again, in the sense where you're in an experience, like you get lulled into a sense of presence, you feel like you're there, and then something changes all of a sudden like, gravity suddenly, turn, like, changes directions. Sure. You know? Yeah. And, and, like, that feels like this amazing, amazing feeling. It fills you with a sense of awe um, because, like, it's been a while since we could feel things like that. Um, and, like, as, as far as a medium goes, when I think about VR, I think it's, it's things like that um, where it's, 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 a, it's a very new kind of um, amazing sensation to have.
1: Um, yeah, and there's also genuine surprise, which is not, sure. you know, something that especially um, – I've seen studies with about newborns and, and toddlers who are experiencing a lot of stuff on screens and, and, and just doing a lot of things in immersive technologies and how that changes sort of almost like their, their brain chemistry to a certain degree and how, you know, just how like the human brain is this amazing uh, – this amazing thing that will adapt to any environment. But I think that we have been conditioned to not expect anything truly unexpected. It's, it's yeah. sort of like when, um, you ever, Matt, do you remember when I stubbed my toe really badly? Of course. And I, it's like, okay. It, and, and I thought literally I ran, I was running through our, through the submarine and I, uh, I separated or I, I you no, know, I remember
0: I, you thinking you broke your foot or something. You,
1: well, I, I mean, I didn't. Luckily, those two nurses or the women dressed as nurses were there and they popped it back in. But the um, – I, no, I had—I went, went to the NYU Medical Center like three weeks later and they were like, yeah, these toes were definitely dislocated. But the point is that when I was looking down at them, I literally thought that I had lost my toes because um, they weren't in a place that my brain was expecting to see them in. Mm-hmm. And because you're just so – you're like, well, you know, it's like you're just expecting stuff to be exactly how it is. And so I think that it's sort of the same thing where we have the opportunity to do things. That's obviously a crazy example, but we have the opportunity to do things that the brain is so not ready for that we'd never really experience in everyday life, I guess.
2: Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Yeah, and like VR just plays so well with with this lizard brain it takes advantage of that like and and there's already so much research it's like you know you're in vr you are on the ledge of a cliff and your your hands get sweaty um you, you get that sensation like there's certain things that we are for very good reason are conditioned to be afraid of or to provoke some sort of reaction
0: Right. Like I would get, um, it reminds me of, of just my first experience with like an IMAX theater where they're, before whatever movie we were going to watch, they were showing like, uh, it was like a video of a window washer on the top of a, a building. And I remember feeling yeah. like I was actually going to be sucked out of my seat right. and, and hit the screen and fall. And I remember that being so unnerving.
2: Right. Yeah,
1: that was like the, the Philadelphia, the Ben Franklin Museum Omnimax experience yeah. where like you're going down, you're hurtling down the side of a building and that kind of stuff. Yeah. That was cool.
2: Right. And like, I, I guess that's a good point of context though for this right now is that, you know, VR to us right now, like could be very similar to what film was like to people when it first came about. Um. I know the story about the train is bullshit. Um, yeah, the, but the one where people does, freak out because they... It uh, doesn't stop us from referencing it. It does. doesn't stop us from referencing it. And it's also like it definitely has a certain element of truth like to it. that like um, it, It's a kind of immersion that is... Uh, I mean, even if that story is not
0: true, I bet a bunch of people got pretty unnerved sitting there watching a train like <laughs> come at them if they'd never experienced anything like that before.
2: Hell yeah. Yeah. No, it's wild. Um, but however, I guess like, you know, w- what is exciting with this medium is to to really think about, um, you know, what are the ways in which you provoke the most unique new reactions in VR versus yeah. film. And I think that there are plenty. I think one thing right now that is like, that's really true. I think we, we have such a tendency in film to go Michael Bay. You know, to to make things humongous and big and explosions and you know, all the stuff that like has 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 been like this you know soup of the day for a while for filmmaking. Um, there's there's and, no
1: doubt. There's there's a superhero and just, there's a big movie sort of fatigue for sure. There's sort of a big there's a big movie like every movie is the same movie kind of thing.
2: Right. I mean, and we've had a film for a while now. It's like pretty established. You know, um, we're we're not that easily shocked these days. Um, something really specific that is, like, very amusing, um, in VR that never worked with video games is having a fucking pet. Like, uh, in, uh, the lab, which is the thing that Valve ships, um, you get this fucking robot dog. And, like... like a Tamagotchi? Can, uh, except it, like, comes at you. Yeah. <laughs> because that worked, <laughs> that worked. yeah sure Tamagotchi is certainly a different kind of pet but this thing feels alive it feels like it's reacting to you and it's these like really subtle small kind of interactions that feel raw and real and like immediately make you say oh I did a bad dog <laughs> <laughs> like and I bet that's step-
0: that's also like it seems to be people are, are, are trying these different strategies for dealing with the elderly with the you know
1: for people to get lonely and stuff like that. Sure. Dealing with the elderly, that's a, that sounds, <laughs>
2: that's, a, that's, that's, a black tons, mirror. T- tons, yeah. yeah <laughs> with the
0: elderly people. <laughs> yeah. I'm not even going to go there. <laughs> We're
2: on the record. Yeah. Yeah. Is this recording? <laughs> Shit. <laughs> but yeah, that's the stuff that I'm most interested in finding mm. those kind of things. Really yeah different. I think I think
1: for, for me, like it kind of gets into this whole like home video versus how everyone's consuming film. And what's, what's so great about a theater, right, or a cinema is that you know you're in there, it's dark, and you can escape for two hours. And now, because you consume so much on uh, uh, at home or on a device or whatever, Like, you know, TV has taken advantage of the second screen experience tremendously and everyone's tweeting along to stuff and everyone's going, you know, live sports especially and other stuff and season finales and holy shit moments and everything. But I think there's a nice thing in VR because you are trapped, you actually have a captive audience again. So to me, that's something that I think hasn't fully been explored is how, how do you make content for, how do you take advantage of that fully captive audience? Because, um, Uh, you, you know that's a, that's sort of a unique thing
2: well you gotta be really fucking good I mean that's the challenge also it's like it's such a high ask you know like you can't even take a sip of water like you know or smoke a J, like in VR uh, unless you sort of track the object which you know is possible but um, it would be a little extreme um, so like that that's why I think that it has a very high barrier to entry in that sense it's got to be really fucking good but yes when you're there you're not texting inside of it yeah mm-hmm.
0: alright you want to you want to call it we're about
2: 54 minutes in <laughs> any final questions
0: <laughs> I don't I think we I, I was able to get out my Edward Mordrake
1: <laughs> story
2: <laughs> I
0: get your reaction to that
2: but um yeah I, I still think that the thing the thing with I mean like it's still amazing how much we do not know about the brain Yeah, and despite how all of our all of the, like, the more, all of the Moore's law shit that's happening that we're still like struggling to recreate like the smallest brain of an insect you know or, or different right. types of it's still very much an abstraction, and it
0: could come at us really fast.
2: Do we, life when we is, actually do that you're real fast?
0: You got to yes. look around in a VR setup every once in a while.
2: Every okay. once in a while, in a virtual world. Yeah. Cody, I was
1: going to ask you. Yeah.
2: I went away for a second,
1: but to wrap it up, I was going to ask you, like, what your ideal, like, in what's your two-minute thing of, with unlimited resources, what would you want to do in in
2: VR? Oh my. Um, there's so much blue ocean right now. Um, there's so much shit that is just like so many rocks that have not been overturned. No. That I really want. I mean, I would love to have a studio with uh, people who are amazing at three D modeling, people who are amazing at you know AI logic for like NPC characters. Um, and I would love to just, like, try and make some fucking new art for this medium. Um,
0: yes, yeah, so I guess... I think there's... Like, uh,
2: one there's thing so was, many... Uh, Good, Yeah. I would say, like, they're, they're, like I, had a se- I had a session with somebody the other day who, you know, also trying to make some stuff in VR where we're just, like, writing down all of the insane ideas we could come up with and the bad ones. And there's just so many... There's so many they can do um, that are just like very out of body, very insane kind of experiences. Um, so I, I think that that's it, right? And It's like 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 it's fun right now and scary because it's all explore mode. Um, and I think people are going to there's there's a language that is in motion right now. It's not that we don't know anything right now. Like there are certain there's certain expectations and things that are forming certain words we have for certain you know uh ux mechanics that are happening and it's it's really about sort of um making those <laughs> it's about it's about using those developing them and then having people when they take off the headset just like be better more interesting humans
1: yeah i was going to say that i think i don't want to get into politics and the stupid election and everything that's happening as oh we I can't. I just can't. I just can't do it. I can't do it. But what I will say, I think, uh, I actually think we'll agree on things in general. But what I will yeah. say is that uh, we everyone has definitely lost their empathy. Um, yeah. It, there's no empathy. Everyone is acting like a crazy person. There's no. There's so much misinformation about everything. And yeah. but I think it kind of comes down to empathy, right? And I think the biggest thing. Um, you might not think typically as a, as a social justice warrior, but I feel like the biggest thing that I think would be interesting in VR, um, whether it's like police community relations, whether it's experiencing what's happening in Syria, all these things. If, if you could show somebody what life for a different person was like, I think Mm -hmm. that would go a long way. And I do think that, I mean, it goes. That's that that's goes, a really good idea. I mm-hmm. think that goes completely across so many different areas and arenas that I think the news should be in in VR uh, in different places. I, I think that there's actually potentially a way where you know, in our clickbaity, like two minute Twitter world where everything's been broken down so much, I think things could be opened up a lot. So right. that you could I'm, actually experience things,
2: I, I agree a, a thousand percent with that. Um, I would say that like there is no way that like empathy is a kind of default with VR. That shit is still like completely up to whoever's making the VR experience to hmm. to really draw it out in a good way. Um, sure, I think, and I'm also impressed that we've gone this long without talking about the election, which I have never felt. More anxiety than I have the past couple of days. <laughs> I've had I've had two nights in a row of stress dreams where he won, and I. With Gary Johnson won. Yeah, with Gary <laughs> Johnson won, and I'm I'm fucking I'm losing it right now. I'm updating Nate Silver like every. I've probably been to five thirty eight like five hundred and thirty eight times today. Um, to just refresh. keep refreshing.
1: I keep, keep
2: seeing the map creeping.
1: I'm just
0: excited because I think the world's gonna burn in two different ways, regardless of who wins. I think that there's there's gonna be something interesting is gonna happen for either either one of these people that win. Uh yeah, I guess you uh, can
1: say
2: that. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh yeah, I I can't I can't even deal. I can't even think that he gets it. Like I can't. My mind doesn't even let me go there. And so worried and like the prophecy of Ready Player One like will happen <laughs> if Trump gets it. Yeah. We're all going to be living. Tuned. Stay tuned for that shit. But no, but Dan, to, to your point, I think that's exactly fucking on target. I think that um, the internet is, has never been so influential and has never been this hysterical. And I think part of it is that like we're just texting strangers for the most part in public. That's what Twitter. Ha- that's what happens on Twitter. That's what happens on certain Facebook threads. And it's like the internet is is. It, I mean, like th- this is just making people hate each other. Um, and I think in part it's because like text is a very harsh medium. Mm. Um, you don't get what there's so much there's so much you can yeah. look from the cadence of someone's voice. There's, like there's and
0: there's that so, plus, like people uh, are will write something way harsher than they'll say to someone's face.
2: Sure, totally. Yeah, yeah. Inherently cowards. Um, and yeah, there's a certain kind of vulnerability that comes with like using your own voice to speak. And I can imagine like amazing multiplayer social VR experiences that you know obviously will not fix this, but will attempt to like at least have people come together in more natural conversations around things they disagree with.
1: Yeah. I think a Facebook live streaming VR experience where it's not like it's, it's a produced VR experience, but you're able to join it like you would Facebook live. I think that Mm -hmm. would be super interesting where you could join it at any point in the the stream and you could either join it. Like you could sync with people. So you could Mm -hmm. be like, well, Matt joined it at 8:32. I'm gonna join this in progress and just join it where Matt is in the timeline, or I could start over at the beginning. And if you could like live stream VR like that, where you could just jump in, and so when you're looking at the the bird at 8:32, like so is Matt, like I think, or whatever the thing is, you know, I, I think that could yeah. be super interesting. I don't know, like
0: the the way people I see people use media. And I'm, I'm even guilty of this at times. It's like, I feel like people get off on the sense that, that what someone's reading, what they're, they're, they're writing or, you know, what they're producing, but they really have no interest in hearing what anyone else has to say. They just want to know that their voice just went out there and it was consumed. And then, you know, like, so having a dialogue is actually not
2: a priority for a lot of people yeah, <laughs> yeah the, 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 the other. so I guess that's that would be sort of like a point in this is that when I imagine social VR I imagine people as some bizarro like avatar sharing the same room with another person or multiple other people yeah like and, the Zuckerberg presentation yeah the Zuckerberg presentation was insane um, but yeah to, to that effect I think like um like that like there is no like we, we've had this word. Um, for a long time, as a kind of garish idea, which is cyberspace, but like the social VR things that I've done in the Vive are like the, it's the it's the most apt description of what's happening. It's cyberspace. Um, so I think that there's- it's,
1: it's like going to what it's like going to a chat room. What people thought that was in the '90s before they knew is actually what people yeah. are going to be doing now.
2: Right, <laughs> ASL, man. Asl. Asl. bro. Asl. <laughs> Okay, that, that, that could be what's, a good place. To that do it. <laughs> that is
1: the place to call it. I gotta go to an AFM party. Well, the the one to... thing uh, how we can wrap
0: this up is, uh, Cody. If someone wants to hire you um, and you know pay your company, uh-huh. how would they do it? I uh, just tweet. And like, what's what's a um, a particular thing that like, let's, is it like a? Anybody
2: there, if anybody out there um, likes virtual reality.
0: Yeah. So I think it's what, irl-vr.com?
2: Yep, irl-vr.com. Twitter is probably best, Cody Brown. At Cody Brown, that's good.
0: Okay. We'll put that in the show
2: notes. Cool. Right, thanks, guys. This was a very fun conversation. Yeah. Thanks for coming on. Yeah.
0: All right. Peace out. Talk guys. soon.